Chapter 2. Neurology. Topic 2. Stroke. Stroke is a clinical diagnosis defined as loss of blood supply to the brain and a vascular distribution resulting in focal neurological deficits. The most common risk factors for stroke include hypertension, diabetes mellitus, dyslipidemia, and smoking. Other less common risk factors, which should be evaluated in young patients presenting with stroke, are inherited coagulopathies, amyloid angiopathy, which results in deposition of amyloid protein weakening blood vessel walls, vascular dissection, such as from trauma, global hypotension, which can result in infarcts in watershed areas, lastly connective tissue disorders, such as Marfan's or Ehlers-Danlos. The pathophysiology may be due to thrombotic, cardioembolic, or hemorrhagic. Thrombotic is the most common etiology, most commonly occurring due to carotid artery atherosclerotic disease. It may be preceded by prodrome of transient visual changes, amaurosis, fugax, or neurological deficits, transient ischemic attack that self-resolve. Cardioembolic etiologies includes atrial fibrillation, endocarditis, or paradoxical DVT. This is typified with the sudden onset of symptoms. Hemorrhagic causes may be related to hypertensive hemorrhage, subarachnoid hemorrhage, or cerebral amyloid angiopathy. Symptomatology depends on the area of infarction with symptoms occurring contralateral to the side of infarction. The three major arteries that can be affected are the middle cerebral, anterior cerebral, and posterior cerebral artery. Middle cerebral artery, MCA, infarct supplies the majority of the brain and therefore results in a wide range of symptoms including weakness of the face, arms, and legs. Aphasia can occur if the dominant hemisphere is affected. Anterior cerebral artery, ACA, infarcts are characterized by weakness of the lower limbs. Other effects may be urinary incontinence due to involvement of the micturition centers and personality changes if the frontal lobe is involved. Posterior cerebral artery, PCA, infarcts primarily result in visual deficits with macular sparing. The macula is spared due to collaterals supplied from the MCA. Two unique syndromes, Weber's and Benedict syndrome, occur due to infarct of the penetrating branches of the PCA. They present with ipsilateral cranial nerve 3 palsy and contralateral ataxia. Involvement of the posterior circulation, specifically the vertebrobasilar system, will result in loss of consciousness and ataxia. A unique syndrome involving the posterior inferior cerebellar artery is Wallenberg syndrome. This results in dysarthria, dysphagia, vertigo, ipsilateral face sensory loss, ataxia, and Horner's syndrome. The Horner syndrome is due to involvement of descending sympathetic fibers. Although it is a clinical diagnosis, stroke requires imaging to determine the next steps in management. Initial imaging should be with a non-contrast CT brain to detect the presence of blood. This will determine whether thrombolytics can be administered. An MRI brain should be performed after non-contrast CT since it takes longer to perform and therefore unsuitable in the acute setting where it must be determined if blood is present or absent in the brain, but it has the added benefit of detecting subtle ischemic changes and identifying the extent of the infarct. Additional imaging should be obtained to evaluate the etiology of stroke. Carotid duplex ultrasound or CT MRI angiography should be obtained to evaluate for stenosis and flow through the vasculature. An echocardiogram would be useful to evaluate for valvular abnormalities or thrombus. EKG can be done to evaluate for arrhythmias, particularly atrial fibrillation. PT, PTT should be obtained for underlying coagulopathies. Management of stroke depends on the time of presentation after symptom onset and absence or presence of hemorrhage. 
Patients with absence of hemorrhage and presenting less than three hours after symptom onset are candidates for thrombolytics. It should be noted that many institutions extend the thrombolytic window to 4.5 hours. Patients presenting after the thrombolytic window greater than three hours after symptom onset should receive aspirin within the first 24 to 48 hours. Alternatives to aspirin if the patient is allergic include clopidogrel or teclopidine if the patient is allergic to both aspirin and clopidogrel. If there is hemorrhage on the initial non-contrast CT, thrombolytic should not be administered as this is an absolute contraindication. Other contraindications are relative including bleeding disorders or on anticoagulation, recent hemorrhage, recent surgery or trauma, and uncontrolled hypertension greater 185-110 millimeters mercury. For patients with relative contraindications, the risks and benefits should be weighed against each other to determine if thrombolytics should be administered. Stroke may be complicated by cerebral edema or seizures. There may also be conversion to hemorrhagic stroke, which may occur even without administering thrombolytics, but of course occurs at a much higher frequency in those who have received thrombolytics. Lastly, prevention of future stroke focuses on optimizing medical management of common risk factors, hypertension, diabetes mellitus, dyslipidemia, and smoking. The underlying etiology should be appropriately treated as well. For example, a heparin to warfarin bridge should be initiated for atrial fibrillation, or a carotid endarterectomy should be done if the patient is symptomatic and has greater than 70% carotid artery stenosis.